Hi, my name is Megan Hussey. I'm from Special Olympics International Unified Schools, and you're listening to the Special Chronicles Show podcast, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. This is Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. This episode 263 is brought to you by listeners like you. Please help support us at Special Chronicles with your tax-detectable donation today to help us continue our mission of giving respect and voice to people with special needs. Please go to specialchronicles.com slash given. That's specialchronicles.com slash given. And we thank you for your generous support of our mission at Special Chronicles. This week on Special Chronicles, we are joined by Megan from uh, the Unified Schools at Special Olympics International for, for part two of our three-part Unified Schools podcast series. It's coming up right now on Special Chronicles on SpecialChronicles.com. thinking how the world can be so cruel. I lend my voice to those who can't. It's time we try. It's time we care. It's time we stand. It starts with a voice. You're listening to the Special Chronicles show. This is a show of podcast and disability stories from an insider's perspective, and we are giving a voice to people with special needs. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Special Chronicles show. My name is Daniel, host and founder of Special Chronicles, and uh, t- t- today's guest, we uh, joined by uh, Megan uh, Hussey from the Unified Schools team at Special Olympics International, and this week we will be uh, continuing with part two of our three-part Unified Schools podcast series, and this week we'll be talking about some of the cool work that the youth are doing internationally uh, and about the Global Youth Summit. Welcome back, Megan. Hi, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And uh, f- for those um, listeners who um, may have missed part one, they can go back to our last episode, which, which was 262, I, I believe it was, and, uh, and, and can hear an introduction uh, of, of the work that Special Olympics is doing with um, um, Unified Schools, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, but for any uh, uh, listeners or viewers uh, who may just be tuning in right now, why don't you... Uh, in- Introduce yourself to any um, um, new listeners or viewers. Sure. So my name is Megan Hussey. I'm the manager of Unified Schools at Special Olympics International. So I manage our Unified Schools program um, outside of the U.S. Um, And I work especially on elementary and secondary schools. Um, And I work with all of our different regional offices um, outside of the U.S., to help them grow the number of unified schools and the number of youth that have opportunities to do uh, unified sports and inclusive youth leadership and other whole school engagement events that promote inclusion through their schools. Um, I've been at Special Olympics International for about a year now, um, but I've had a much longer history in the Special Olympics movement. Um, my sister is a Special Olympics athlete at Special Olympics Connecticut um, in cycling, croquet, uh, floor hockey, and bowling. And I've been a unified partner since I was a kid. 
and my mother is our local coordinator. So Special Olympics is a huge part of my life and my family, and I'm really, really honored to get to work at Special Olympics International um, and work for this incredible movement. Awesome. So uh, to kind of give any new listeners a, a um, uh, cause I'm, I'm sure some of our um, listeners have gone back and heard last week's episode, um, but kind of mm-hmm. give a brief overview of, of what the um, um, Unified Schools Department and what you guys do. Um, within uh, um, Unified Schools? So the core of Unified Schools is uh, using Unified Sports to teach and promote inclusion with young people around the world um, through schools. And we believe that by taking what we do at Special Olympics with Unified Sports um, and putting it into schools, um, you can not only change the lives of the students that are in those schools, but you can actually change whole communities. You can change the atmosphere and the school climate by making it more welcoming and inclusive of all. You can reduce bullying. Students learn how to work together um, across differences by having um, peers with and without intellectual disabilities on the same team. Um, As part of our Unified Schools program, we also do things around inclusive youth leadership, um, which is uh, teaching students with and without uh, intellectual disabilities how to work together and giving them the opportunity to lead the Special Olympics activities that are going on in that school. And then we also try to do some things that we call whole school engagement. So this would be something like a pep rally, um, an R-word campaign, a disability day that gets the rest of the student body involved um, and teaches them about Special Olympics and about inclusion. So those are the the major activities in unified schools. Um, But around the world, it looks very different in different places because the world has a lot of different types of education systems. So uh, Unified Schools um, and Unified Champion Schools has been really successful in the U.S., but schools in China, in Africa, in parts of Europe don't look exactly the same as schools in the U.S. look. Um, There's a lot of parts of the world where students with and without disabilities don't go to the same school where students who are getting special education go to an entirely separate special education school and don't have the opportunity to go to school with their peers that don't have disabilities. Um, And then, unfortunately, there are a lot of parts of the world where students with intellectual disabilities don't have any access to education at all. There's no special education program in their area. Um, There's no school that will admit them. So what we've had to do when we're trying to promote unified schools um, parts of the world is be really flexible and meet countries where they are and try to make them more inclusive bit by bit progressively. So in some parts of the world, that means taking a special education school and a mainstream school and pairing them together like a sister school type of relationship so their students can get together and do unified sports together. Um, And in some parts of the world, it's taking students that um, are in a general education school and getting them together with students in the community that aren't in 
school at all. They may be in a community program that serves uh, children and youth with intellectual disabilities, but they're not formally in the education system. Mm -hmm. And getting them together to do unified sports activities um, and different activities in the school. So we have to be adaptive to the different cultures and the different education systems that are around the world. Um, But we believe regardless of where a country is um, in terms of inclusion, that unified sports and unified schools is a really powerful way to keep countries moving and becoming more and more inclusive. Yeah. So, so let's begin by talking about some of the work uh, uh, across the globe, uh, some of the work internationally is that um, first is is some of the uh, unified schools in different countries is that different than what some of the programs do here in the U.S. So mm-hmm. talk, talk a little bit about yeah yeah. So as I was saying, um, in the U.S., a lot of students with intellectual disabilities are in the same school as their pairs yeah. or their peers that don't have intellectual disabilities. So that makes it easier when you're doing things like unified sports or um, inclusive youth leadership activities for students um, to do those on a more frequent and ongoing basis because they're in the same building. Even if they're not necessarily in the same classroom, um, they're in the same building. So it's easier in those um, schools to do things like a unified PE class or an after-school unified sports team because the students are already in the same school. So they see each other more often, and it's taking a school that is already kind of inclusive in the fact that they have students with and without intellectual disabilities in the same school, um, but making it more socially included. Mm -hmm. So the school climate is more of one where all students feel like they belong because we know that just because you're in the same school as somebody doesn't mean it's it's inclusive. You Mm -hmm. might still feel like an outsider. You might still be getting bullied. Um, So that's what unified sports does in school systems like what we have a lot in the U.S., Um, In school systems um, in places like China, where students with and without intellectual disabilities are usually not in the same school, students with intellectual disabilities are usually in separate special education schools. That can be a little bit more difficult. They still do it, and our school program in China has been really successful in growing. It just got started about two years ago. Um, And they've been growing very quickly. Um, And what they have to do is have partnerships between a general education school and a special education school um, and bring students together either a couple times a semester um, or after school on a more ongoing basis um, to do unified sports together. Um, And that can be tricky in some places because the special education school and the general education school might not be near each other. So then you have to figure out things like transportation um, and the students without intellectual disabilities um, may have never even met someone with a disability before doing unified sports in that case. So it's really powerful and really important because they don't have students with intellectual disabilities in their school. So without unified sports, they may never have met anyone with an intellectual disability before. But it does mean that those programs have to 
put in a little bit more effort to get the students um, engaged with each other um, on a more ongoing basis. And it can be harder for them to see each other every day or have practices every week because they have to get from their school to the other school. Um, so that can be a challenge. Yeah. But like I said, it's very powerful in those places because without something like unified sports, um, a lot of um, students with and without intellectual disabilities wouldn't have the chance to play together because they're not learning together um, yeah. in the same school. Yeah. So one of the things that you guys do at, at Special Olympics is, is the Global Youth Summit. You, mm -hmm. First, talk a little bit about what is the, this Global um, Youth um, Summit and when it takes place. It, does it only take place at the World Games or is, is, is this an event that happens at other times uh, mm -hmm. throughout the year as well? So the Global Youth Leadership Summit um, takes place at our World Games. So it's been going on for some decades now. At every World Games, there's um, a Global Youth Leadership Summit. Um, and they've kind of evolved over the years. They don't look exactly the same as they did when they started. Um, but the Global Youth Leadership Summit at the World Winter Games um, takes youth with and without intellectual disabilities. Most of them come in a unified pair of one youth with intellectual disabilities and one without intellectual disabilities. Um, and they come from all over the world. So this year um, in March, when we had the Global Youth Leadership Summit at the World Winter Games in Austria, we had 44 youth um, from 18 countries and seven US states that were there. And they all come and um, this year and for the past few years, they've come with a project that they've designed um, for their community as a, something they're going to do in their school or in their community to promote acts of inclusion. Um, and they've designed that and they applied with that and they were selected um, based not only off of their involvement in Special Olympics and their leadership skills, but also on their project um, and what they wanted to do in their community. Um, and then they come um, for the World Winter Games, and they're not competing. They're not, they're not athletes in the games. Um, but what we do is um, some inclusive youth leadership training. They learn about themselves as leaders and um, some leadership skills. And then they learn inclusive youth leadership skills. So how are you a leader that works with people of, different ability levels um, and leads in a way that includes and empowers other people, which is a really important thing that we do um, with Special Olympics. Mm -hmm. And they also learn some project management skills, um, which are things like budgeting and time management um, and all those different things that they need to be able to take the project proposal that they've written and actually make it come to life once they go back home. Um, and then after they go home, they get a little grant um, from Special Olympics to fund them doing their project. Um, and when they do that, and during the summit, they come with an adult mentor um, who is either a Special Olympics staff member 
or an educator from their home country um, who is there to mentor and help them in doing their project and uh, really supporting them on their whole journey after the summit, during the summit, and before the summit. Um, so in addition to all those those workshops and all of that pretty intense training yeah. that we do during the summit, we do have a lot of fun. Um, and the youth are coming from all over the world. So it's a really good opportunity for them to see how all the work they've been doing with Special Olympics feeds into this huge global movement. Uh, Special Olympics is in 172 countries. It's a lot of places. Yeah. We're really... Um, changing the world as a movement so they can see how the work they're doing at home in their small school and their community feeds into this really big movement of people all over the world and they find that to be really empowering um, and they also get yeah. to learn about people from all over the world so mm -hmm. a lot of um, the youth that came to our summit this year had never left their home country before a lot of them had never been away from home before so then they get to have a roommate that's, if they're from New York, their roommate might be from Pakistan. Or if they're from Great Britain, they might have a roommate from Macau um, in Asia. So they get to meet and make friends from all over the world, um, which is really good time. And share each other's cultures, um, which is great. Um, and then they also get the opportunity to take in... Um, the amazing experience that is the Special Olympics World Games. So they have time to go to opening ceremonies. They have time, some time to watch some competitions. Um, and they uh, get to also share what they're doing um, through platforms such as this year. We had um, unified talks put on by Bank of America mm -hmm. where some of the youth got to stand on stage and talk about the projects that they're doing and their views on inclusion and share that with the rest of the audience that was visiting the, the World Games. So it's a really wonderful event that we get to do every two years at either our World uh, Summer or Winter Games. Um, and that's the Global Youth Leadership Summit. Yeah. Sometimes um, regions or programs or countries um, will do their own slightly smaller youth summits. Um, so Special Olympics North America has done them before at National Games, um, USA Games. Um, some countries will do their own smaller youth summits um, for all the youth leaders in their country. Mm -hmm. um, and then sometimes even regions have done them too, like all the youth leaders in Asia will come together for, for something similar to what we do at the Global Youth Leadership Summit. But the global um, one um, takes place every two years at the World Games. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. So we'll um, talk in with uh, uh, Megan, who's the mm -hmm. manager of Unified Schools at Special Olympics International for this, this second of our three-part uh, Unified Schools podcast series here on Special Chronicles. And so you... T talked about a, a, a lot of the uh, projects that that uh, that the um, students um, 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 come with every two years. Can you maybe touch on maybe one or two um, projects to, just to kind of give all our listeners and and viewers a sample of some of the projects that that they work on during the Global Youth Summit. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so the projects range. There's a lot of different types of ideas that people have for uh, different projects that they want to do, different things they want to do um, to change their communities. So some examples, um, we have a youth pair from Indonesia that are doing a project called Unified Smiles. And what they're doing is um, they've partnered with a local Microsoft um, branch, and they're doing training for youth with and without intellectual disabilities on social media skills and photography skills and videography skills um, together. So all of the youth are getting these technical skills, but then they're also making sure that youth with and without intellectual disabilities are being included in things like social media, which Mm -hmm. is so much of how youth today interact um, and is a really important way of being included. Um, And what they're doing is um, using these skills and going out and um, recording and broadcasting and sharing um, different Special Olympics events that are going on with youth in schools in Indonesia. So it's really empowering the youth of Indonesia to be the ones that spread the word, take pictures, um, be the drivers of that communications around the great youth activation work that they're doing in Special Olympics Indonesia. Um, and then there's another project um, where our youth leaders and in the country of Mauritius, which I know a lot of people haven't heard of, yeah. but it's a beautiful little island country off the eastern coast of Africa. And they have a fantastic youth pair whose um, project is focused a lot more on unified sports um, and growing unified sports opportunities. So they, as youth, are leading um, their Uh, Special Olympics program in getting partnerships with different athletic associations um, and federations, so the groups that really run sports on their island, um, and getting cooperation partnership agreements with them to promote unified sports. Um, And then they're also doing uh, unified sports demonstrations in schools all over their island. So their project is focused more on sports um, than on the the more communication side um, that the pair from Indonesia is doing. Um, And then we have a great uh, youth pair from Great Britain whose um, project is a unified play. Um, and they're doing something around theater um, and using that within their unified schools um, to teach people about inclusion. So it's a play that's going to be written and performed by youth with and without intellectual disabilities um, to spread the message of inclusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the final um, project that I, could, I guess I could highlight um, is one by our, our youth pair out of Colorado Um, who are doing um, a super cool project called uh, Unified Adventures. And because they're in Colorado and there's so much natural beauty everywhere um, and a lot of very cool national parks and outdoor opportunities there, they're doing a a unified club, fitness club, that uh, goes on hiking expeditions together um, and they focus on getting fit in a unified way um, and doing some of the things that Special Olympics and our unified fitness um, 
have done in reporting um, the health benefits to the people that are participating, all the youth that are participating, but then also getting youth um, with and without intellectual disabilities out into nature together for activities like hiking and snowshoeing and all of those fun things um, together so they can um, grow and, and bond and have all of the the fun friendship and teamwork that comes out of um, unified activities. So those are just some of the 27 awesome projects that we have coming out of uh, the summit in Austria. Um, it's really exciting when you see all of the different creative ideas that youth have um, mm -hmm. to change their communities and to really be the generation um, that lives unified and promotes inclusion. Need, need. So what's been the response uh, from, from the um, projects and, and this um, summit has has the when when the students come back to their communities have have you heard any response from these projects and that that the community has embraced uh, them um, coming back and 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 bringing about inclusion in their communities. Yeah, so a lot, they're still in progress, so um, they have a year to finish their projects, um, and the Youth Summit was in March. So a lot of them are still ongoing, but the initial results we've had are very positive. So um, the youth in Indonesia have been posting a lot of cool pictures and things on Facebook. Um, some of the other projects have made um, Facebook pages and things like that where they can um, post different pictures and the response has been very positive from their um, communities, from their schools. Um, a lot of teachers are very excited to see students that are very engaged. Um, and then a lot of Special Olympics program leaders are also very excited because this is youth going out and doing a lot of work to spread Special Olympics and to spread the Unified Schools program. So it's great to see that youth are the ones kind of taking things up um, and leading this charge. Um, and the response has been really positive um, so far as things start coming in. But yeah. we'll have more, more and more stories as those projects um, keep going um, and keep um coming to life Neat. so some of them have been on local news mm -hmm. um in their home countries and home languages and like i said things are um continuing to come up as the projects get implemented we get more and more stories awesome. of how communities are responding do, do you guys share any of these stories on on any of the special olympics channels or or how can our listeners find out more about the work that some of these projects um, that that the students are working on. Yeah, so um, we're going to continue as they um, implement their projects. A lot of them are going to be submitting blogs to us. So if you follow Special Olympics social media, um, so at Special Olympics on Twitter, um, the Special Olympics playbook blog um, is one place where the youth leaders um We'll be also submitting some stories um, about the projects that they're doing. And another hashtag 
that was related to the summit. Um, if listeners want to see some of the social media that was going on around the summit is hashtag unified generation. Um, that's uh, one of the hashtags that we were using um, during the summit specifically and that the youth leaders continue to use as they're implementing their projects. Okay, awesome, awesome. So I'll, I'll put those links in the show notes on specialchronicles.com for episode 263 if, if, um, if anyone wants to follow and, and find out more information about those, those projects because the, they sound pretty exciting and, and uh, that 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 they're bringing about uh, more inclusion in their communities across the globe and across the U.S. as well. Mm-hmm. So the the uh, spread the world to end the world campaign that I think Solon had touched on last week um, is mm-hmm. um, is is it has there been a, um, any response to that at either at at the global youth uh, summit or. Or with the various um, countries, or even across the U.S. as as well, um, has any of uh, of of the in the all world campaign um, um, impacted any of the um, projects that that they've been working on this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the spread the word to end the word campaign is huge in the United States. You know, most of the schools um, in the United States, a lot of them do something around spread the word and the word campaign and have and our word pledges in their schools. Um, I know you guys will probably talk about that more next week when you talk about U.S. schools. Um, Around the world, it gets a little bit tricky because not everyone speaks English. And um, there's not a direct translation to the R word. Um, in every language. So um, there's some places around the world that do spread the word to end the word and the R word campaign because there are places that mm-hmm. still use the R word um, even uh, when only some of the, the population speaks English and it's good for everybody to know um, that the what is wrong with that word. Um, and then there are some places where there's also another word that is similar to the R word um, that they translate it to. So actually a really good example of this is we had a youth pair from the country of Oman at the Youth Summit this year. Who um, And Oman is in the Middle East and they speak Arabic. So a part of their project um, was to do um, a version of the R word campaign um, that they called not not backwards forwards because in in Arabic the word that they use um, that has is very similar to the R word and very negative about people with intellectual disabilities is the Arabic word for backward. That's what they would call somebody that had an intellectual disability if they wanted to to make fun of them or say something negative about them. So their project. Um, in addition to having like an art component mm-hmm. with it, um, is a campaign around ending the use of the word backward. So very same idea yeah. as the spread the word to end the word campaign, just with a different word. Um, mm-hmm. The word that's um, the same as what the R word is in the United States. In their country, the word backward is that word. Mm-hmm. So they want to uh, end the negative use of um, language and name calling. 
um, to bully and hurt and hold down people with intellectual disabilities in their country the same way that Soren and the, the founders of the R Word campaign in the United States wanted to end the R Word here. Um, so that's where doing the R Word campaign around the world, a lot of places do it um, because it's a, a nice quick way you can get a lot of people involved and a lot of people hearing um, the message of inclusion and um, how you need to think about the way you talk about and treat people with intellectual disabilities just in some places because um, words are different. A lot of places in the world have a negative word for people with intellectual disabilities, but it's not always the R word. Mm -hmm. So. We just yeah. like with unified schools, we have to adapt to different people's cultures. Yeah. So to go back to the Global Youth Summit that we were talking about just a few minutes ago, um, mm -hmm. is it um, you? You said that that it's evolved over the years. Um, so then the next one will be in um, 2019 at the World Games in mm -hmm. um, um, Abu Dhabi. Can you? Talk a little bit about kind of how, about how the um, Global Youth Summit will be, um, either how it's similar or how it will evolve from when it was in um, Austria this past March and then um, two year, um, in the um, next two years at the World Games in 2019. Yeah, so we're in the very early stages of planning Abu yeah. Dhabi um, and the way that the Youth Summit is going to look there. So I can't say too yeah. much about it yet yeah. because we don't have a lot of but, things set in so stone yeah. yet. Um, but I will tell um, listeners, especially any youth out there, um, so anyone between the ages of 16 and 25, is the age range that we do for the Global Youth Summit. So if you are 16 to 25, or will be between 16 and 25 <laughs> in 2019, um, to stay tuned, because um, as soon as we have more information about what the summit will look like in Abu Dhabi and um, how people can apply through their Special Olympics programs, um, we will be sharing that information online and through Special Olympics programs. Um, and that's also um, a good opportunity for youth now. They don't have to wait, wait for the Global yeah. Youth Leadership Summit to start making a difference in their school and their community um, and start thinking about what are the problems that they see in their school and community and what are their, we, we want youth to bring their big ideas. Yeah. Get creative. Think about things that they want to do um, to spread the message of inclusion. Um, and they can get started um, if they want to start making their ideas happen. Work with your Special Olympics program. Work with your school. Um, and then when it comes time to apply for something like the Global Youth Leadership Summit, you'll have an idea that then this could be an opportunity for you to take to the next level and make it even bigger and better. Um, so I would put that challenge out to listeners now. Um, stay tuned for the summit, but don't wait for the summit because um, you can make a difference in your school and community um, right now. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So um, uh, thinking of the um, future of the Special Olympics movement, which... Um, next year, 2018, we talked about um, last week how uh, the 50th anniversary 
uh, is is um, next year, uh, and the uh, and and the global celebrations will be here in Chicago, in mm-hmm. uh, and and the youth are one of the leading uh, demographic for where a lot of the awareness and 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 volunteers and uh, so. Maybe talk a little bit about some of the plans for schools and um, unified schools when it comes to the 50th anniversary. Uh, either the I think it's the the week of July 17th, um, 2018, or even th- maybe throughout the the entire uh, year um, next year in, in mm-hmm. 2018. Yeah, so the the kickoff and some of the the actual events are still in the planning stages. Um, But youth are definitely a major focus of the 50th anniversary of Special Olympics. Um, Like I think Soren said last week, but I'll just keep repeating because we repeat it a lot. Um, We're not just going to be celebrating your grandmother's Special Olympics. We're building your granddaughter's Special Olympics. So we want um, to think not just about where we've been and not just celebrate the amazing 50 years that we've had as a Special Olympics movement changing the world, but we want to think about how we're going to go further. What are our next 50 years going to be like? So we're really focusing on targeting a new generation of unified leaders, and that's what we're calling the unified generation, um, and challenging them to choose to include and really be the leaders of a more inclusive and unified tomorrow. So the a lot of the materials and things around the 50th anniversary are definitely focused on young people, ranging from ages about 14 to 25. And one other thing is, um, like you said, it's not just um, what's going to be happening in Chicago in the summer. It's not just a one-day event with our 50th anniversary. It's way more than just a birthday. Um, We know that there's awesome and amazing things happening all over the world. It's not just some of the projects that I just described. We know there are youth all around the world who every day are doing amazing things um, for Special Olympics and to change their schools and make them more inclusive. So a priority of ours um, throughout 2018 is going to be collecting those stories um, and sharing them and making sure they're highlighted um, and making sure also that we have a way to connect these youth to each other. Um, Like I said, that was a really powerful thing about the Global Youth Summit in Austria is that you had a chance for somebody from Utah to connect with somebody from Romania. And they're both doing fantastic things with Special Olympics in their schools. And now they're connected to each other and they can bounce ideas off of each other and share what they're doing and support each other and um, get all of that power that comes from being part of a network like that. So we really want to build on that. We don't want that to be something that can only happen at a Global Youth Summit. Uh, We want there to be ways that online or through social media or different things that youth who are doing cool things for Special Olympics, no matter where they are in the world, can connect to each other um, and share what they're doing because that's the way we'll really be able to build this generation into a force and a movement um, that speaks with a collective voice and is able to change the world. So that's going to be a huge priority for us throughout the year is lifting up those stories and making those connections. Um, Stay tuned again. Um, sorry, I can't share more yeah. and disclose more details on on 
um, some of these events and things that will be happening. Um, but youth in schools is definitely going to be a huge and central focus of 2018, our 50th anniversary year and beyond. Awesome, awesome. So, um, and again, all the um, um, listeners can follow um, at Special Olympics on the, the various social media channels to to um, find out about about some of those plans. Mm-hmm. Yep. So awesome. stay tuned on all of the Special Olympics social media channels, and as more information on our 50th anniversary becomes available, it will all be available um, available and posted there. Yeah, and 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 uh, at um, specialolympics50.org, do, would they also have um, um, events posted there? Or uh, this the a separate website? Yeah, for the or, or, um, or the 50th in page? Chicago. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think so. Okay. I, I only know about the things from, from the SOI perspective, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. but I guess planning permit committee in Chicago will have information too. Awesome. Awesome. So our guest today on the Special Chronicles show is uh, Megan uh, from the Unified, the uh, manager of Unified Schools for Special Olympics uh, uh, International in Washington, D.C., and uh, for uh, uh, next week, we'll um, be continuing with, uh, we'll, we'll be c- concluding with part three of our, our Unified Schools series. And, and um, next week, we'll be talking about some of the um, work within the Unified Champion Schools, right? Within the youth and schools. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and one final note, you had uh, mentioned a little bit earlier um, uh, um, unified schools and um, uh, uh, um, unified champion schools. Is there a difference between the unified schools and, and the uh, um, unified champion schools? Or is it, mm-hmm. is it the, yeah, the so the, the uh, unified schools is what we call the, um, the movement of having unified sports in schools globally. Um, unified champion schools is... Um, a specific model that's been used in the U.S. that does um, three components. So it does unified sports, um, inclusive youth leadership, and whole school engagement. So ways you get the whole school involved in an awareness activity. So that's been really successful in the U.S. Outside of the U.S., the focus has been more on, on starting with unified sports having that first. Uh Um, So now we're at a really exciting point where we're able to promote and have some countries outside of the U.S. doing all three of those components like they do in the U.S. Um, That's the difference. It's like the U.S. model of of unified uh, champion schools that does unified sports and then more. And then um, the model that's been used outside of the U.S. a little bit more um, though we hope more and more schools will mm-hmm. add those other yeah. components that's been focused mostly on sports. Okay, good. And, and some of the projects that you had touched on um, earlier in, in various countries and even across the U.S., a lot of those projects a um, starting point for, uh, for the um, students to get involved in uh, um, um, unified sports and and um, various or or, uh, or are students in um, other countries first involved in um, unified sports and 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 then they 
get involved in other activities um, that, that the students have worked on at the Global mm -hmm. Youth Summit. Mm -hmm. So this year with the, with the Global Youth Leadership Summit, almost all of the participants, with the exception of some of our friends from the LEOs with the Lions Club, most of them um, were Special Olympics youth leaders already, and they had been involved with Special Olympics as athletes, as Special Olympics athletes, as partners, as athlete mm -hmm. leaders, as coaches, um, as volunteers. Um, so most of the youth that had come to the summit this year um, had been pretty involved with Special Olympics before. Um, but this project for them was a, a new way of taking that involvement to the next level. So they may have been a coach before, but they never like organized and run their own big event around unified sports um, and been in that type of leadership role. So that, um, that's an awareness from the, the youth leaders' perspective. A lot of them, almost all of them, had been involved in Special Olympics in some way. Um, but then this was an opportunity for them to really rise up and be that leader in their program that had an idea and is going to make that happen. Through their projects, though, um, their projects can be a starting point for other youth. So a lot of their projects involve um, doing something that spreads Special Olympics to other youth who may never have been involved in Special Olympics before. Um, so we have um, some youth leaders in the Philippines who did um, a unified summer camp um, that did uh, unified outdoors activities. They planted trees together. Um, they just had a tennis tournament. It was really cool. But a lot of the youth that they were working with, some of them may never have been involved in Special Olympics before. So even though the youth leaders um, in Austria this year had been um, involved in Special Olympics in most cases before, um, through their projects, they're bringing a lot of other youth into Special Olympics mm -hmm. who may never have been involved. Cool. So you mentioned some of the uh, social media plugs um, f uh, with uh, at Special Olympics and on uh, the, the playbook um, blog, I believe, and the hashtag that, that you, you, you mentioned to follow some of the stories. Do you want to we, remind all listeners um, and viewers uh, uh, again on how to connect if I don't information information about Special Olympics and unified schools and a, a lot of these um, very cool projects that that the youth across the globe and across the U.S. are, are um, working on? Mm -hmm. So the, um, the listeners can find out um, about Special Olympics through all the Special Olympics social media channels. So um, at Special Olympics on Twitter and on Instagram and um, Snapchat. And um, then another great place to look for some more in-depth stories on Special Olympics um, is either the blog, um, the Medium blog, the playbook, um, uh, that is uh, usually shared on Special Olympics Facebook, um, and then they can also look up themselves. Mm -hmm. um, some stories on these are on the Special Olympics website, um, www.specialolympics.org um, will have stories that some of the youth leaders or their country Special Olympics programs will submit. Um, and then the uh, hashtag 
that a lot of uh, your listeners can use and look at if they want to see um, some of the projects that youth leaders are doing or some of the posts that came out around the summit is hashtag unified generation. Awesome, awesome. I'll, I'll make sure include all those links on specialchronicles.com. If, um, if if you guys missed that, you could find that on episode 263 on specialchronicles.com for this podcast episode. Uh, any, uh, before we let you get back to the rest of your day, any, any final thoughts on on um, on uh, your overall time here today and everything that, that we have discussed? Um, yeah, um, so thank you so much for the opportunity to come on and, and talk about some of the exciting work that our youth are doing and about the, the summit. Um, but I just want to reiterate something that I said earlier. Um, you don't need to wait for a summit to go out and be a youth leader where you are. Um, a lot of work that needs to be done in schools all over the world um, to make them more inclusive and to make the communities that we live in more inclusive. So I'd really like to, to pose that challenge again to all the listeners um, out there to take what you see as a need and think about it and go out and make that change and believe in yourself. Um, and that's how we're going to build the unified generation is by having young people um, realize how powerful they are um, and stand up and make that change. Um, so I also want to thank you so much for the opportunity to be on this podcast um, and to tell you that I know that something like this podcast is an excellent example of one way that a person is stepping up and like you say in the intro, giving a voice um, to people with special needs. So I think that you're an excellent role model for a lot of the youth leaders um, and this podcast and everything that you're doing is a great example of something amazing that comes out when somebody has an idea and then takes the action that's needed to make it happen. Awesome, thank you. So, so congratulations on this podcast, thank and thank you so much. Thank you. So if, if you want to share your feedback on anything that we've talked about, you can email us, feedback at specialchronicles.com. That's feedback at specialchronicles.com. We'll join the conversation on social media at Special Chronicles on Facebook and, and on Instagram and at Special C Podcast on uh, Twitter. And you can also leave, uh, leave us your five-star ratings and reviews on, on Apple Pod, Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast. You can just find us on Special Chronicles, uh, and uh, all, all those uh, links can, can be found on specialchronicles.com. Once again, our guest today has been uh, Megan um, Hussey, the manager of Unified Schools for, for Special Olympics International. Thank you again, Megan, for for coming on Special Chronicles. Great. Thanks for having me. And, and um, m- uh, make sure you guys all tune in next week for uh, for part three of our Unified Schools podcast series, um, uh, series where, uh, where Soren and um, Haley will um, join us again next week. And, and until then, take care. Okay. Go, and God bless. Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs.